What if you struck up a conversation in a coffee shop and the topic got to spiritual things? As a follower of Christ, you begin to share your faith with your newfound friend who happens to be a Buddhist. What do you know about Buddhism and how would you compare Christ with the Buddha? I grew up going to the Buddhist temple and、uh, went to the temple every Sunday and got to grow up in Buddhism. This is Evidence and Answers with Pat Zukran. As you heard, Pat was raised in a Buddhist culture and has tremendous insight on sharing the claims of Christ with our Buddhist friends. Dr. Zukran speaks all over the world on a variety of cultural and spiritual topics as he presents and defends the Christian worldview. And as you listen today, stop by our website, evidenceandanswers.org, and click through resources on everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, Pat's books and articles, interviews with leading experts, past radio shows, and more. That's evidenceandanswers.org. We think you'll enjoy the fascinating. Topics and now let's go to Pat Zukran speaking at a recent conference with part two of sharing Christ with Buddhists. Goal in Buddhism is to detach all attachment from this world, to eliminate all desire, and when we can do that, we escape the cycle of rebirth and enter in to Nirvana. That's classical Buddhism. I remember in high school we had a Chinese teacher.、Uh, his name was Mr. Zhao. I remember Mr. Zhao was a Buddhist, and one day he asked us. He said, "What is it you want to do with your life?" And we looked and said, "Well, make money." And he said, "Well, what's going to happen when you make money?" We said, "Well, make some more." And he said, "Then what are you going to do?" And we said, "Keep making more." And he said, "When are you going to have enough?" And we said, "Well, you never have enough. Just keep working." And he said, "And that life is a life of futility and frustration, and you'll never be happy, and you'll never have peace." So we looked at him and said, "All right, well." What's your goal in life? And he said, "Once my kids graduate and go to college, I'm going to go to China. I'm going to sell everything, give everything away, and I'm going to China. And I'm going to meditate all day. And my wife is going to cook." And at first thought, I thought, "Wow, that's whatever, you know." But then I came to understand, well, that's that's Buddhism.、Okay? You want to detach from all things of this world,、uh, eliminate all desire, and when you do, you can break free of that rebirth cycle and enter in to Nirvana. You break that cycle by accepting the four noble truths and following the eightfold path. What are the four noble truths? Well, number one, there exists pain and suffering in the world. That's universal. To exist means to experience pain and suffering. The root of suffering is desire. Suffering will cease when desires cease. See, mankind craves for things of this world, which are impermanent. They're illusions. We must cease all desire. For that which is impermanent, and we extinguish all desires by following the eightfold path. What is the eightfold path? Well, right views, understand the truths of reality that the universe is impermanent; it's an illusion. Have the right resolve, be willing to achieve enlightenment, renounce any thoughts of selfishness, cruelty, or immorality. The right speech, speak only truth and only what is required. Do you guys remember that TV show with、uh, David Carradine? Right, Kung Fu, one of my favorite shows, and he hardly said anything. Right during that whole show, and whenever he spoke, he always spoke some kind of proverb.、Uh, he was a walking book of proverbs. You know why is that? Well, that's the vow of the Buddhist.、Okay? Right speech, only speak what is necessary and what is true. Right conduct, abstain from killing, stealing, and sexual immorality. Right occupation, your job must benefit others and hurt no one. The right effort, eliminate any evil qualities in you and prevent new ones from arising. Right contemplation, maintain continuous focus on the teachings of the Buddha and keep from desire. And the right meditation, meditate properly. Now, lay people, 
are required to keep the first five. The last three are what the priests who have devoted their full life to uh, dedicate their lives to following the teachings of the Buddha. Uh, the priests keep those last three or all eight. Lay people are required only the first five. Many Buddhists, when you're sharing with Buddhists here in, uh, with friends and family, many of them don't know the classical teachings of Buddhism. Many are cultural Buddhists, right? They just kind of grew up in that particular tradition. A lot of them don't know this. Often it's good just to ask them. Uh, if they say, well, I'm Buddhist, you just ask them, what is it you believe? Tell me about the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. Often they don't know. They're just kind of, well, I, I just kind of grew up in this thing. Well, then begin to explain it to them. And then say, is this what you truly believe? You know, you can often leave it at there. Get them to really start thinking about what they believe. Now, Buddhists who, who know their particular religion or know what they're talking about, when it comes to Jesus, they often think Jesus is another manifestation of Buddha or they think Jesus is a great teacher but not on par with Buddha. Buddha was greater. And many think that Jesus' teaching and Buddha's teachings are very similar. For this reason, you need to point out there's a huge difference between the person of Jesus and the person of Buddha. And you need to point out big difference between the teachings of Buddha and the teachings of Christ. They're teaching opposites. And they both can't be true at the same time. Because they're teaching opposite things. They're teaching contradictory things. Let's take a look at a few differences between the person of Christ and Buddha. Buddha was a man. He never claimed to be divine. Buddha never acknowledged the existence of God. God was not necessary in his particular religion. He was an atheist or agnostic about God. He never claimed to be divine. He was worshipped as a divine being centuries later. But he was a man. Jesus Christ claimed to be the divine Son of God, and his followers worshipped him as the divine Son of God. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, Matthew states, And a virgin will be with child, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus claimed to be the divine Son of God. He made that claim clear throughout the Gospels. And the apostles worshipped him as the divine Son of God and defended the divine nature of Christ. He claimed to be God incarnate. And Jesus Christ confirmed his claim to be God through his miraculous, sinless life, death, and resurrection. Jesus did numerous miracles affirming his claim to be the divine Son of God. His miracles showed that he had authority over every realm of creation, over nature, over the spiritual beings, over angels and demons, over sickness and disease, even over life and death. When you look at the life of Buddha in the earliest scriptures, Buddha does not do any miracles. Now, centuries later, they have recorded Buddha doing miracles, but most Buddhist scholars know those are of a legendary or mythical realm. Christ did miracles over every realm of creation, demonstrating he was indeed the divine Son of God. And we know that the Gospels are written very early, first-generation eyewitnesses. Therefore, it's too early for legends to develop. The historical evidence shows we've got a very accurate historical record of the life of Christ who lived a very miraculous life. We also have about a dozen non-Christian sources, very early non-Christian sources, that also state that Christ lived a very miraculous life. But that will be for another presentation. The salvation message. Buddha claimed to be someone who could 
teach the way or show the way. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the only way to eternal life with God. Buddha died in northern India. His grave is still there. It can be visited. Jesus Christ alone conquered sin and death through his miraculous resurrection. So when you compare the two persons, they're very, very different. Then when you compare their basic teachings, they're teaching contradictory uh, to one another. They're not teaching the same thing. Buddha, when it comes to God, he was an atheist or he was agnostic about God. For Christ, a personal creator was central about all they taught. Matthew chapter 6, he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything centered on our relationship with God. Buddha said the world was an illusion. It's a place we need to escape. Christ taught that God created the world. It was good, but fallen. And one day, if you read Revelation uh, chapter 20, Christ will redeem and restore this earth. Man's problem, Buddha said it was ignorance to true reality. Jesus said it's sin against the holy God. Salvation, Buddha said it was through works, by eliminating desire, by following the eightfold path. Jesus said salvation comes by grace. It is a gift from God. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We cannot do anything to attain eternal life. We must receive the gift that God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ. Eternal destiny. Buddha said when you die, you come through many rebirths. They can go on for eons and eons, millions of years, until you finally break that cycle and enter into nirvana. Jesus said there is only one death. Then there is a resurrection of mankind, and there is the final judgment to determine your eternal destiny. He said in Matthew chapter 25, at the end of the age, the Son of Man will come and he will judge amongst all mankind, separating the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. There is no endless cycle of rebirth. Suffering. Buddha said our suffering here on this earth is really meaningless, and it's something that we must escape from. Jesus stated that there is purpose to our suffering. In fact, Hebrews 5.8 says that he learned obedience, Jesus did, through the things which he suffered. James chapter 1 says what? Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face what? Trials of many kind. There is purpose to our time here on this earth, and there is purpose for our suffering. It's refining us to be more like Jesus Christ. Desire. Buddha taught you have to eliminate all desire. Jesus taught you must have the right desires. There are right desires and there are wrong desires. Matthew 22, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, Do not eliminate all desires. You must purify your desires, have righteous desires over what is evil and selfish desires. And the role of the master. Buddha said, I leave you as orphans to find your own way. Jesus said in 
John 14, I do not leave you as orphans. He promised the Holy Spirit to come and guide us into all truth. Matthew 28, he said, I'll be with you always, even to the very end of the age. So even in their teachings, you see, they're teaching mutually exclusive uh, points here. They both can't be right at the same time. Their person and their teachings are contradictory. They're teaching two different things. They can't be true at the same time in the same way. That's the law, the universal law of non-contradiction. Well, how do we witness to our Buddhist friends and family? Well, first of all, you've got to point out these differences. Hey, you've got to make it clear. Jesus is not another manifestation of Buddha. There are some very clear differences here. They both can't be right at the same time. Well, here's some tips in sharing with your Buddhist friends and family. Of course, there's really no one formula that does it all. There's many ways in which uh, I've seen my Buddhist friends and family members come to Christ. My mother came to Christ about four years ago, you know, out of a Buddhist background. Okay? Uh, and I have led several others to Christ. Uh, here's uh, one of the methods that I developed. But I'm sure as you grow in your walk with the Lord, you will develop your own as well. Here's the first. Christianity provides assurance of its message that Buddhism or other world religions cannot. In other words, Christianity provides solid supporting evidence for its message, something the other religions like Buddhism cannot do. In other words, ask a Buddhist, what happens after death? If they know, they'll say, well, you're in an endless cycle of rebirth until you escape and enter into nirvana. Next question you ask is, how do you know that's true? What happens after death for the Buddhists and other religions is based purely on speculation. You really don't know. You know. How could you know? Well, the only way you could know, really, is to have someone who knows about what happens on the other side, you know, die, experience death, and come back to life again. That's really the only way you could know. Now, the Buddhist scriptures are written centuries after Buddha's life. Many of the stories are mythical in nature. Christianity provides assurance through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Gospels are written by first century eyewitnesses. They're proven to be very accurate historical records. The resurrection of Christ is one of the best supported ancient historical events that we have. The evidence for the resurrection has never been beat. Okay? I've debated this topic on numerous uh, radio shows with some of the top skeptics who are out there, some of the toughest skeptics. And the evidence for the resurrection cannot be beat. Uh, Dr. Gary Habermas, who is here with us for the apologetics conference, has debated this topic throughout the world. Dr. Geisler, who is here with us, and others have debated this topic. And the evidence is too convincing to deny. But that's for another time. If you want to read more about the resurrection and the evidence for the resurrection, go to evidenceandanswers.org or probe.org. Recently, on my flight to Nepal, we were flying from... Thailand to Nepal. And just so happened, sitting next to me was a guy in an orange robe, a Buddhist priest. And then he turned over and he asked me something in English. And I said, well, you speak English. He said, well, yes, I do. And so I began starting a dialogue with him. And then I began to ask him questions about Buddhism. And he began to answer me. And uh, he was surprised at how much I knew about Buddhism. And I said, well, I actually grew up a Buddhist. And he said, oh, well, what particular style of Buddhism? Do you practice? And I said, oh, well, I'm no longer a Buddhist. You know, I'm a Christian. I've 
trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And he said, oh, I could see he didn't want to continue, but I said, you know, I've studied both men, Buddha and Christ. I've come to admire both men. They, they both won my respect by the kind of life they lived. He said, oh, well, which one do you like more? And I said, well, I believe that Christ is greater than Buddha. And he said, why? And I said, because Buddha's grave is there in northern India. And I said, Jesus Christ conquered sin and death and rose again from the dead. And he looked at me for a little while, and he said, how do you know that's true? And I said, thought you'd never ask. Oh, so when I give him a defense of the resurrection. Uh, then he kind of looked at me, and he said, here's my card. He said, I am the founder of one of the biggest Buddhist monasteries there in the capital of Nepal, Kathmandu. He said, next time you're in Nepal, come by and stay with us. And so I took his card. Uh, hope someday I can go stay with them and, and learn more from these guys. Um, but I haven't taken him up on his offer yet. Ask a Buddhist, how do you know what happens after death? How do you know? For them, it's based purely on speculation. And when they turn to you and say, well, then, you Christian, how do you know? Uh, hopefully you've read our articles and you'll be able to give a defense of the resurrection of Christ. The resurrection of Christ demonstrates that our faith is not based on speculation or some kind of blind leap in the dark. It's based on a historical event. Our faith is grounded in a firm foundation of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Secondly, God exists, and he seeks a personal relationship with you. Show them that there's evidence for a personal God and that he seeks a relationship with you. The evidence for God is quite compelling. You know, let me just give you one. Uh, you can read the rest at probe.org or evidenceandanswers.org. Number one, it's called the Big Bang. In other words, the universe has a beginning. Whatever you think of the age of the earth, the Big Bang theory is something you don't have to be afraid of because the law of causality comes into play. In other words, whatever has a beginning must have a cause. Science is pretty much unanimous on this now. The universe has a beginning. A radiation echo, red shift. Second law of thermodynamics shows the universe has a beginning. Now, if the universe has a beginning, it must have a cause. Whatever caused the universe is greater than the universe, the law of cause and effect, right? Every cause has an effect. Every effect has a cause. No effect is greater than its cause. Whatever caused the universe is greater than the universe. Whatever created time is greater than time. Whatever created this great machine of the universe is extremely intelligent and powerful. God is a great candidate there, isn't he? Also, if the universe has a beginning, it cannot be eternal. Okay? That's a big problem for the pantheists and the Buddhists who say the universe is eternal. It's also a big problem for the Darwinists because the universe is a little bit too young. Well, a little bit. It is too young for Darwinian evolutionary theory to be successful. But there's more for the evidence of God. Go to probe.org or evidenceandanswers.org. And there is a God. He seeks a personal relationship with you that's missing in Buddhism. See, God loves us, and God is personal. He hears our prayers, and he shares in our suffering. He did not stand by out there in heaven and watch us suffer and sit there back on his throne saying, oh, poor guys, man, I hope you guys make it. No, he came into our world, entered into our suffering, shared in our suffering, died the most horrific death that can be experienced. He came into our world and shared in our suffering with us. There's no other story like that in any of the world religions of mm -hmm. God entering into our world and sharing our suffering. There is a God, 
me. That strikes a chord with Buddhists because that, that teaching is, is not there in Buddhism. It's missing in Buddhism. Third, the teachings of Buddha, of Buddha are not livable because they're self-refuting. Okay, the basic premise is self-refuting. Let me show you. The goal of Buddhism is to eliminate all desire, escape the cycle of reincarnation, and enter into nirvana. Now, the desire to escape the rebirth cycle is what? A desire. You desire okay, not to desire. Right? You see, it's self-refuting. Okay? It's not livable. I remember speaking with a young woman, and she was a Buddhist from Southeast Asia. And she's, we were talking, and she said, you know, I've, I've listened to you this weekend, and one problem I have with Christians, you know, Christianity is only about going to heaven. It's not practical. You know, it's not practical for anything else. Buddhism is practical. We're taught to live an ethical life in this world, and it's not practical. And I said, well, let's think about it here. I said, what is the goal of Buddhism? She said, well, to eliminate all desire. I said, you married? Because I knew she was. She said, yes. I said, do you love your husband? She said, yes, I do. I said, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And she knew she was in a jam here. And she said, well, she said, I think it's a good thing. And I said, to love someone else is indeed a good thing. But in Buddhism, you're supposed to eliminate all desire, all attachments. I said, you're willing to do that, you know, detach all emotional attachments to your husband? I said, you got kids? She said, yeah. I said, you love your kids? She said, yeah. I said, is that a good thing? And she was caught there. You know, I said, you see, the Buddhist system is not livable. And I said, actually, according to the Bible, it's dehumanizing. It's dehumanizing. The Bible says what? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. I said, which one is more human? Which one does the greater good? To eliminate all desire and escape from this world or to love? Which one makes you more human? Which one is the greater good? And she sat there for a while thinking, for a while, and I said, I think you know what the answer is. And she thought about it for a while, and I said, God demonstrated the greatness of his love that he came here upon this earth and died for each one of us. That's the greatness of the message of the gospel of Christ, which Buddhism does not have. I can tell it made a great impact on her. You know, she uh, took down my email and we corresponded there for about a year. I don't know if she ever received Christ. I hope she did. But as you can see, teachings of Buddha really are not livable if you think about it. And finally, forgiveness for our shortcomings is made possible through Christ. How does the Buddhists deal with their failure to live up to their moral law code? Well, in Buddhism, the void is unable to be concerned about your shortcomings. The law of karma is an impersonal force. The consequences of your sin or shortcomings is inevitable. One cannot appeal to the law of karma or to the void for any kind of forgiveness, just as you don't appeal to the law of gravity for forgiveness. However, the Bible teaches that our sin has consequences in our relationship with God. But God is a personal God, concerned for our salvation and provided a way of forgiveness through his son, Jesus Christ. You know, when you, um, I remember it was a few years ago that uh, I had attended a Buddhist funeral and I remember um, sitting there looking throughout the crowd, you know, at the faces of those who had just lost their loved one and the sense of loss was tremendous. And I remember, you know, sitting there wondering how, what kind of message of hope is there in Buddhism? What kind of message of hope is there? And I realized as I was listening to the priest, 
talking to the people, reading the scriptures that were there in the pew, I realized, really, in Buddhism, it's a message in which you have to deny reality, that this world is an illusion, and you have to deny your humanity. And essentially, your hope is based on an empty speculation. What nirvana is, Buddha never really defined. Whether it really exists or not, no one really knows. But it's in Jesus Christ there is a message of hope that no other religion, no other philosophy, no other worldview can present. That the God who created this universe loves each one of us so much he entered into our world, suffered alongside with us, took on a body just like us, suffered the cruelest death, and conquered sin and death through his death and resurrection. And our faith is not an empty hope. It's not some kind of pie-in-the-sky fairy tale. It's based on uh, the real person of Jesus Christ who lived a sinless, miraculous life. He died and rose again, conquering sin and death. Christianity really, amongst all the religions, is the only one that presents a message which has a sure hope. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucarin. We're out of time, but there is so much more Pat has to say. And there is so much more on Buddhism and other world religions at our website, evidenceandanswers.org. Dr. Zucarin respectfully addresses various belief systems, spirituality, culture, science, and other topics from a Christian standpoint and gives reasons for faith in Christ. And if you enjoy Evidence and Answers on the radio and see the value of our message, please support us with your tax-deductible gifts. Just click the Donate button at evidenceandanswers.org. It means so much to us to hear from you, so please go right now to evidenceandanswers.org with your support. And we'll see you next time on Evidence and Answers.